Welcome to the Art of Vibrancy podcast. It's a place where inspired experts distill their brilliance down into simple, practical advice that you can use right away. It's eight minutes, it's four questions, and it's one practical piece of advice that you can put into use today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of Vibrancy podcast. Today, we've got a special treat for you because I have with us, we have with us Jan McLeod. Jan, how are you today? And where are you speaking? I'm very good. I'm very good. Very good. Thank you. And where are you speaking from? Tell our audience where you're from. I'm speaking from Sydney and sunny Australia, although not quite sunny at the moment because we're in the middle of winter, but nonetheless, Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia, right. Of course, it's winter for you. It's midsummer here. But and yes. for a change, it's sunny here. So, yeah. uh, yes, I've heard you've been having some nice weather, which is great to hear. Yeah. yeah. So all good. So we know the score. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell our audience a little bit about you and then yeah. we'll do the interview, Jan. So Jan is a coach, a mentor, speaker and a nutritionist. She's a well-being advocate whose aim is to educate empower and inspire people to cultivate well-being by design rather than leave it to chance. She teaches the philosophy and the framework for building the quality of well-being to live a fulfilled, successful, personal and professional life. That sounds pretty wonderful, Jan. (laughs) Yes. So, four questions in eight minutes. You know the score. We've got a little time here. Absolutely. And off we go. So, Jan, what, in your experience, is the biggest problem that people face as they age with regard to staying healthy, well, and positive? Okay. I think it comes down to one thing in my experience, and that is that people don't plan for it. Now, there are many reasons why people don't plan for it. The first, which needs to be acknowledged, is that ageing can be confronting. It can challenge who you are, how you see yourself, and actually how you might want to continue to live out your life. The second thing, though, is for some of us, we buy into that youth is the holy grail. So our focus is on how we think we need to stay youthful as rather than prepare for that next phase, very normal phase and next stage of life, which is hopefully healthy ageing. I think there's another group that don't plan for it because they see ageing as a disease or they equate ageing with disease and what I feel they do there is they therefore normalise things that they experience so they sort of think it's inevitable I guess is the point and the last thing is that sometimes people are just busy living life full lives busy lives and they really don't think about it and it arrives pretty unexpectedly so they're probably the four reasons where I think there can be a lack of planning for it. Right. I like that. So that's so, so much wisdom in those four things there. Wonderful. But basically people don't plan for it because of all no. the other reasons that they, yeah. that we've just, you've just been through. That's wonderful. I, I identify absolutely with all those things. So second question, what are the common mistakes or misconceptions that people have about solving those problems? That problem that okay. problem of not planning. But, but. Oh, not planning, absolutely. So I think a few things, again, can crop up here. The first thing is they can see it as a problem to solve rather than something to embrace 
and work with and adjust to. And in looking or seeing it as a problem to solve, they can mistakenly focus on the external, i.e. what they look like, rather than what I would say the internal, which is, you know, nourishment, what they're eating, how they're eating, why they're eating, sleep, rest, recovery, recharge, movement, all of the things that I say will shape and influence how their body remains resilient, how it grows, how it repairs, and how it maintains. I think the other thing is when they think it's inevitable that they start to normalise symptoms or potentially even signs they're having, they expect to be tighter, they expect to put on weight, they expect to have aches and pains, they expect to lose flexibility. All those things that might bring discomfort, they just kind of embrace and say, well, that's the way it is and and I'm going to keep going. One of the other things they can do, though, or mistakes they can make is they still haven't connected the link between what I'd call preventative well-being choices and habits with their well, the quality of their well-being. So what they're not doing yet is putting the link together. And so this really becomes important with chronic disease. And so I've worked with clients who've come to me and said, but Jan, I don't understand how I can be diagnosed with this because I've been doing all the things I'm doing for ages, forever, for years, for decades. And unfortunately, I have to say, because it can be quite confronting, but that's the point. You've been doing the same thing week in, year in, decade in, decade out. And we know the research tells us that there are core wellbeing choices we can make that will actually reduce the risk, severity, onset, of chronic disease and chronic disease doesn't necessarily come with aging so it can be a very different experience and so yeah i think there's some of the mistakes and the misconceptions that people actually make yeah yeah that's the first the people chasing eternal youth and yeah thinking that having that mindset and then as you say making that connection with chronic disease and and how you live your life absolutely it's just simple things you can change isn't there i mean and people that's why people need a coach like you because to make that connection yeah change is very difficult and i'll touch on that now i was going to touch on it with the strategy but one of the things that i coach with is not just choice but also mindset because yes well-being choices are automatic so they're laid down in a part of the brain where the brain uses little to next to no energy for those choices to be made because the brain has to be effective in the way that it uses energy. And so there's a lot of energy the brain uses in problem solving but not in habits and those automatic choices. And so you just keep doing what you were doing. And so to make a change takes effort, it takes energy, it takes concentration and commitment. And there'll be lots of mistakes made on the way. They'll stop. They'll start. Mm. Sometimes they won't want to do it. Sometimes they will want to do it. So coach is really there for many reasons. But one of those things is guidance, but also accountability and also support for when it feels like it's just too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you sound like the perfect person to help people with all those things. Thank you. Brilliant. Right. We're doing great. Two minutes left. Last two questions are fairly quick ones. What's the number one tip you could give our audience today to, to help them? Something they could, they could actually do after this podcast, a specific thing. Specifically. Okay, so I talk about a well-being audit. We know that we underestimate by approximately 
the choices that we're making around well-being. So we're not aware of necessarily what we're eating, how we're sleeping, how we're moving, how we're recovering, all those things. So do a well-being audit, and that's an easy thing to do. You get a notebook, you get an exercise book, or you even use the notes section of your phone, and you record for seven days consecutively what you eat, what you drink, water, coffee, tea, alcohol, how you move, how you sleep. But importantly, you do two additional things. The first is that you do a rating on your energy out of 10. So if you've got no energy, zero out of 10 is the score you give yourself. And if you've got lots, 10 out of 10. And assess that at morning, lunch and dinner. And then the second thing to do is to record symptoms. Right. So at the end of the seven days, I want you to look back at what you've recorded at your own audit of your choices and look for trends and associations between the choices and how you feel. And then importantly, I want you to make one change. So look at everything you're doing, one change only, just one change. And in making the change, identify the benefit that you're seeking. And then what I want you to do is I want you to focus on that, that one and only change for the next four to six weeks. And I want you to assess yourself at the end of each day and each week how you're doing. Don't worry if you're not perfect. You don't need to be. But as long as you can see a change in how you're sleeping and how you're feeling in your energy, in a reduction in a symptom or a severity of or a frequency of a symptom and the change it made. And if you're doing that, you will be motivated to keep going. Right. That is such a good I mean, just that that you've explained there could change someone's life. It's mm, that making absolutely. one choice, thinking, yeah. being aware of where yeah. you are with your yeah. energy and your health, and then making one change and keep thinking about it. It'll lead to all the other changes, won't it? That's beautiful. It will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it will, because we have something called a cornerstone habit. So if you can just identify the one change, it'll lead to more changes. That's right. That's so beautiful. I love that, Jan. Right, we've we've run out of time, but this was so good. I wanted to keep going. Fantastic. Finally, final question. What free resource would you like to share with our audience? Something that they can have free. So what I've done is I've documented the wellbeing audit steps for people and they'll be able to find that link via you on my website. And what I've also done is a little additional thing on that wellbeing audit on the guidelines is I've actually explained the changes or the steps in making well-being change. So you can decide where you're at and have some kind of expectation of kind of the little change journey that you'll go on so that you know it's normal and that you you will hopefully be motivated to stick to the change you've made. That's that's really kind. That's wonderful. Thank you. Just say the name of your website out loud now. It's Mad for Health. And importantly, Mad for Health, it's M-A-D-F-O-R, health. So mad for health. Mad for health. .com.au. .com.au. That's you're right. Because I'm in Aussie, yeah. Madforhealth.com.au. Absolutely. Jan, this has been absolutely wonderful. We'll just say goodbye to our audience. On behalf of The Art of Vibrancy, thank you so much. That's been absolutely My pleasure. Thanks for checking out The Art of Vibrancy podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us and leave a review and I'll love you forever. And 
if you'd like to try my energy boosting, inflammation busting, brain and body food breakfast, head over to www.breakfastofbrilliance.com and download the recipe today. See you soon. Bye.